And so there would be a music kind of moving through my body and my fingers would be touching the keys. And, and I felt like this energy move through all of me. And it was, it would like move in these pulsing waves. And I would like, mm. I swear people would think I was insane around me because, you know, there'd be like moaning and like spurts yeah. of, of sound and gyration. And that, when I was in that space, when I could reach that level of writing, I feel like that's when I created some of my best stuff because it was so real to every freaking cell in my body. I felt like I was lit up. I felt nice. lit up just talking about it right now. Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process. And now, here's your host, Dave Buddha. Welcome back to Darken the Page. Today's guest is my friend Kamala Chambers, and she just finished her book, Road to Love. And one of the things I really appreciate about this episode the most is how sexy uh, the writing process is in this episode. And I think you got a taste of that from the intro clip. So I think you'll love it. Without further ado, uh, here's the episode. Make sure you go to darkenthepage.com slash 016 for the show notes. And look forward to hearing any feedback. You can email me at darkenthepage at gmail.com. Here it is. I'm here today with my friend Kamala Chambers. Uh, Kamala and I lived in Bali together for a few months and got to know her. She, uh, she just finished her first book. And I'm really excited about talking about it, talking about her writing process and uh, what were some of the hurdles and triumphs in that. And so thanks for joining me, Kamala. Thanks so much for having me. I just love your show and I love how you're inspiring people to write. I think inspiration is such a precious com commodity. So thanks for making this happen. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's definitely inspiring me to write. So that I know that. You know, in a way, it, this this show has been serving me, which is a good sign. So, well, so tell me a little bit about you as a writer then. So this is your first book. I mean, how long have you been maybe doing this thing you consider writing, which, of course, could be forever or. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, tell me a little about your history about this. Well, yeah, this is my first book that I've put out there to mass the mass media market. Um, I have two other books that are manuals that I wrote for specific forums mm -hmm. um, that are so I'm not a stranger to the writing process and I feel like the first time I really became a writer was I was probably about 10 years old and this writer's voice came in I was standing in a field of some like tall dry grass and this narrative came over me and I could hear this very beautiful description of what I was experiencing. Hmm. And since then, if I utilize that writer's voice, if I that sentence comes in of like this descriptive sentence of what I'm experiencing, if I write that down, just this whole world will open up. Nice. So tell me a little more about this writer's voice. What is how do you experience that? Um it's just I can't I can't control it. I can't bring it in out of nowhere. You know, it's just it's just really about experiencing my life to the fullest and being mindful of the moment. And when I'm in the state of mindfulness, 
sometimes this inspiration will come in and and uh, it'll just it could be a couple of sentences it could be even a couple of words that sound beautiful together to me and I think that a lot of people might have that but maybe don't tap into it because they don't put the pen to the paper and mm-hmm. see what happens when they actually you know start that process write that sentence down and see what can unfold mm-hmm. so tell me a little about how you do that so uh, let's say you're walking um you know down jaila ryan ubud and the writer's <laughs> voice comes and uh what what do you do do you do you stop do you do you, do you pull out a pen do you just write a note for later um what do you what do you what do you typically do to follow that voice well, I used to have a journal with me constantly, and I have shelves of journals to show for it, but uh, that mm-hmm. kind of I'm doing nothing with. But um, I nowadays, like, I'll actually stop and make a note, you know, in my iPhone because that's what I have with me and just see what can come through and then maybe go back later and do a more extensive writing process around that. Mm-hmm. But Nowadays, you know, I don't feel like the writer's voice is with me as much. I feel like writing for me is more of this manic process that I go into. It's very out of balance. (laughs) And that's kind of how this uh, last book, Road to Love, came out of me. Um, Well, now I'm curious about that. So it's more of a manic (laughs) manic process. So do tell. Um, Well... I gave myself a deadline. You know, it's a book that uh, this writer's voice that I talk about kind of was inspiring me to write and urging me to get out for about 15 years. And I had I'd written parts of it, you know, because part of the book, there are these love letters. So mm-hmm. part of those love letters were written over the last 15 years. But then I actually sat down and I had this this idea to incorporate lessons and exercises with it. So... I gave myself six months to write it, and so the deadline actually really helped me. I started um, last year in March, and then just I sat down and um, I had a, like things that really helped me were actually like a music playlist, being in a really busy environment, like a creative environment, like a coffee shop, mm-hmm. and then I started using coffee. For- <laughs> which actually really helped too. The um, tell me more about the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. I actually. I'll, I'll. I'll say a quick little thing about that. I. I started drinking a lot of coffee when I was here in Bali because I was getting up early and then coming to this co-working space where they just had sort of coffee available for anybody, and. I think I experienced my first like addiction to coffee, mm-hmm. um, because it was like the other day where I. I was here and I didn't drink coffee because I don't really, I mean, I think about it sometimes and sometimes I don't. And I was like, just sluggish. I was like, what is going on with me? I was like, I'm, I got a decent amount of sleep last night and, and I just, I just couldn't even like function. And then I was like, uh Oh, I didn't drink coffee. And now it's starting to affect me because oh, no. I mean, you know, before that wasn't a problem. Um, but I did not drink coffee yesterday and I was totally cool. So that made me, that that kind of gave me some hope. I wanted to make sure I wasn't like too addicted or anything. And that's the first time I had ever really drank coffee like on a regular basis my whole life, which is surprising since I was in the Navy and a lot of other things. So, 
Yeah, I feel like coffee is a, I mean, it's a drug and it can be utilized for something good. And I, I personally can only really use it for short periods of time, which I ended up using it for to, to put this last book out just because it helped me with the focus and, and I had the deadline in mind. And, um, you know, luckily I was able to get off of it just fine. But, you know, <laughs> drinking that one strong cup a day just helped me to get that clarity and the focus. And then being something about being in a creative or just like active environment, which seems so counterintuitive to me, but being in a coffee shop and, you know, Habud, where you're at right now is such a great space for that too. It's like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of energy. Yeah. So um, I use like that manic high to, and then combine that with some deeply like emotional music in my headset. Nice. And uh, that that drew drew a lot out of me that I didn't even really know was in there. And I'd get in these these manic flows that could last a couple of hours at a time. You know, and I produced a lot that way. So. A couple questions. What do you really mean by manic flow? Like, what is that? What is the manic, the word manic for you? Um, I guess what I mean by that is just, um, well, let me, I would just like to describe like this experience mm-hmm. of, I would, I would be listening to this beat, right? This, this music that was just um, not, not even like, too intense but deeply emotionally stirring and so there would be a music kind of moving through my body and my fingers would be touching the keys and and I felt like this energy move through all of me and it was it would like move in these pulsing waves and I would like Mm. I swear people would think I was insane around me because you know there'd be like moaning and like spurts of of sound and gyration and that when I was in that space when I could reach that level of writing I feel like that's when I created some of my best stuff because it was so real to every freaking cell in my body I felt like I was lit up I felt lit up just talking about it right now that's awesome I totally feel that yeah a lot you you know you're not alone in that um the there's been several several writers actually ep- uh, the second episode of this this guy Mike Rostowski talks about a lot of the same things that have like he'll like stand up and like be like gyrating his hips and like you know I, the moaning is that's 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 awesome um, <laughs> but yeah a lot of uh, that's this is really interesting because it's this is common in a way I mean but but it's I think when we can give ourselves permission to really go there whatever whatever is calling out you know um, it's awesome yeah, I think the permission is a big thing and kind of having boundaries, you know, that stronger boundaries of, from even the people in my life, you know. I I actually ended one relationship that I was really into. I really liked that relationship. I had this really beautiful breakup and then fell in love while I was writing the book about my relationships. Nice. And, and so that kind of cracked me open even more and I I had to I felt like I had to even have stronger boundaries with the people in my world and say look I'm I'm going into this kind of 
this process and I, I can't really give energy to anyone else but this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to say something else about the uh, the the, uh, the moving the energy and the mowing thing is um, one of the one of the things I'm going to do maybe at the end of this year maybe next year is um, put on some creative retreats um, and I love different um, different contexts for writing <clears throat> so I'm just I'm picturing that something that exciting for me would be a room full of writers and as an exercise everybody's everybody has to gyrate their hips and moan as they write and so it'd be like this room full of like 50 people in like a like a summer campish lodge in the woods like moaning and like gyrating their hips and then like we'll like read that at the end of the hour or something and find out what people wrote <laughs> right how awesome would that be that would be pretty awesome maybe a little distracting and you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Sounds like something I could definitely get into. Yeah. I'll make sure I videotape it and put it on YouTube too or something like that. Like, this is this is what happens at our retreats. It's like a it's like a solo orgy, you know? <laughs> it's like yeah. nobody's actually together, but there's a lot of moaning. So yeah. Anyways. Um yeah, that's no, I love that. And 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 I really uh and I do appreciate how you how you talked about that, but like really like delivered it too. So thank you. Yeah. Um, and I love how that how you're talking about like it being a solo or orgy too, because there is something really seductive about the process and something really uh, kind of almost sexual, you know, that it could be when you're having that creative experience with yourself, it's so intimate and yeah. It, it's kind of addictive in a way. Like it, it really drew me in and made me want to keep going back for more. Yeah. But it definitely beat me up too. So it was like being, going in and like getting pounded around a little bit and then yeah. just coming out like, oh God, what just happened <laughs> to me? <laughs> well, you know, it's not, it's not a surprise that I mean, Paul and I basically refer to my quote unquote work, which I, a lot of ways I consider writing is kind of the thing that first comes to mind, you know, it's like another lover. I mean, it's, it's just like having two relationships and I know if I ignore this lover or if I'm, if I'm not, you know, having Paula and this lover, like connect every once in a while and get to know each other. And, you know, so she gets to know, she knows what I'm up to when I leave, you know, in the morning and don't come back until the afternoon. It's like, I want her to get, I want her to meet this thing I have called work or writing. And, um, because it's a very, it's a very passionate lover sometimes, you know, and it's very scary because people can say like, well, you know, you're ignoring me. What happened? I, uh, you know, I, I thought, uh, I thought, I thought we had, you know, you keep running off to this, the, this other person. And I was like, well, no, it's, it's just a, it's, I just have to, I feel called to it, but it's really like managing two relationships in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And I, I feel like, that other, the work is a jealous lover. You know, that's from my experience. Sure. It's kind of like it, it, it demands my attention. And then when I'm not giving the attention enough to my work and I'm giving it too much to someone else, um, it gets very jealous and like pulls me in, you know, and is cranky. So. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'm sure that, 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 you know, that as a lover has it's no reflection on you, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Um well what are some other quirky habits that you have or some other fun ways that you harness this stuff called creativity? 
Maybe um, some things that people might not expect if I like if I followed you around with a video camera for a day or something. Oh, I. Or if I asked Luis to, to <laughs> spill the beans on you, maybe it's I will not, do that. It's not a pretty process. You could ask him, and he'd probably say, uh, you know, he'd probably groan about how hard it was for him, you know, because it's, um, I, I would, when I was, especially when I was working on this last book, you know, I wouldn't, I'd wake up and I would have to write right away and kind of ignore everything else, ignore my body, ignore everything I was doing and just focus on that. And I probably wouldn't have made it through as well as I did if Luis wasn't supplying me breakfast in bed, you know? Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. He, he, um, I highly recommend that if you're going to go Paolo's listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) I highly recommend if you're going into a writing process that you get someone to support you with good (laughs) food and nutrition. And like, because if I didn't, like say I didn't eat in the morning, you know, and I'd, I would just go into my writing process, then I, I wouldn't. I couldn't sustain, you know, it wasn't sustainable because mm-hmm. I'd just get drained by the afternoon. And so, um, Luis bringing me breakfast and like, you know, being there, like would come in anything I could bring you and mm-hmm. then just disappear. That was about the best thing that anyone could possibly have done for me. And even if you have to hire a servant to do that or, like, uh-huh. you know, give favors to your lover, I don't, I don't know. Just, I really recommend having someone do that for you. Yeah. What, what other services was were helpful in the writing process? So you had breakfast and then maybe like having him like bathe you while you, you know, <laughs> what, what else was there? Um, massages really help because, Massage, yeah. you know, if I, <clears throat> I made a commitment to myself to stop writing in bed because I would wake up and I didn't want to miss the opportunity. You know, I felt like if I didn't write as soon as I woke up, then I would kind of get distracted and miss the opportunity. And so sometimes I would just wake up and write right from bed. I'd get my laptop. And it it hurts, you know, to be sitting in bed with your laptop for too many hours. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, he would give me beautiful neck massages, and that really helped, nice. you know, making sure that your body is relaxed in a way so the energy can flow through yeah. and and you can write for longer periods of time. This is like a big pitch for Luis. This is great. <laughs> Go Luis. <laughs> um, well, like I said, it was a new relationship, so it's like, oh, okay, I don't yeah. support. <laughs> I don't expect it to continue, you know. <laughs> no, I still get breakfast in bed. Nice, nice. Well, I do want to put in a quick little plug for you guys because I, you guys do a, speaking of relationships, you do a, a podcast um called lasting love relationships about uh, lasting you, love connection. connection yeah and um and i know paula is totally obsessed with it and um and i listen to some episodes myself and so if people want to know more about this relationship stuff or how to get maybe your partner to give you breakfast in bed uh go to itunes and check that out for sure um and uh yeah no i love that and i love louise too so that's really a fun story <laughs> thank you um so if I were to ask you what what turns you on creatively, what would you say? I would say um, the thing that turns me on most creatively and just turns me on most, period, which I think is kind of the same thing, is is connecting with nature. And I don't mean just going outside and taking a walk and like 
or like walking through a park. I mean, really taking time to feel feel like what the earth is, how the earth is breathing, or feel how the clouds are moving, or feel how the trees are being pushed around by the wind. You know, really taking those moments to tap into something bigger than myself, and that to me is the biggest turn on that I can experience in my life. And that, that to me is one of the biggest turn ons for, for creativity. Nice. Yeah. That reminds me of the retreat we did with David up in July where we really like spent that time walking around and experiencing, you know, the trees or actually just like feeling the dirt and, and getting like that sensory experience of nature. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, the retreat we did on Orcas Island, that was, um, that to me was, you know, the kind of the essence of how I like to live. And mm-hmm. it's not always the easiest to live that way when we're in a city. And I, I feel like just trying to find ways to make those connections to nature every day or, you know, spend time to dive in and just like roll around on the ground. You know, like I know that may sound strange to some, but no, it really helps good. me, really helps me to just feel like that larger pulse moving yeah. through everything. I think we have a, I think we have somewhat of a new agey audience on this show, so I think that we can dig that. This is <laughs> you're actually the second uh, Kamala we've had on the show, believe it or not. Wow, um, just the that's 50, amazing. I think this is the sixteenth episode, maybe. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so you know that's uh, we had a, we had a, we had actually another woman um, who pronounces it Kamala. Um, oh. So that's confusing me, but um, we had. Kamala Devi and now Kamala Chambers. I mean, I'm just saying that's pretty good to have two Kamalas <laughs> on one show. Um, although you yeah, were, my, you were, you were like, you were born into it. Like you're, you're yeah. original. So my dad was a hippie. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So what would you say turns your creativity off? Oh, um, I would say stress and, anxiety and getting worked up over you know like get, letting my body just, my nervous system kind of get hijacked and out of whack and also like one thing that can do that is coffee so mm-hmm. it's like the double-edged sword of it so um i feel like coffee is such a jealous lover too you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what so I don't, you don't drink me anymore <laughs> how dare you <laughs> I'm off coffee now. I'm not. I'm not doing it right now. But um, I. I feel. I think that really like letting your nervous system get out of whack or out of balance, and letting my nervous system get out of whack is probably the most, like, just cuts me off at the hips. You know, like there's nothing, nothing flowing, and so, um, just doing nervous system regulation kind of techniques like deep breathing and mindfulness practices and Mm -hmm. body awareness is one of the best things which is great because that's what I was talking about in the book and in my latest book so that was kind of really helped me to remember that while I was writing nice nice I want to talk a little about that book and and efforts to make the show completely self-serving I'll tell you that I'm sort of in the in the last half of the the race to finish a book I'm writing and you know I'm 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 sort of fascinated with this sort of like finish line process 
um, tell me a little about how, and I'm actually going to do a little uh, writing retreat for myself in the first week of March. I'm going to go oh, wow. to some Airbnb place here in Bali. You know, I'm going to pick some, um, I think I'm going to go to the beach, but I'm mm. going to go on my own, you know, for like four days at least. Um, and, and there's a sense of, I just want to finish this. Like, I just want to get it done in this window of opportunity that I feel like I have sometimes where, uh, you know, I've had ideas come and go before and this idea is still here. So I want to get it done. And with the, you know, books today, I feel like there's just far less of an expectation for it to be like this gigantic novel. So if I crank out something that's hundred pages and I feel really good about that, there's no reason that I can't go with it. Um, so tell me about how you went about finishing this book or was that even something that was hard or easy for you? Like, what was that like? Well, yeah, there's nothing easy about writing a book. I don't think, you know, like maybe some people say there is, but I don't think it was easy at all. And the, the fact of finishing it was, you know, I, I just knew that I needed to get it done. I did a lot of revisions. One thing that I did that was really helpful and I just am so grateful for is I my book has seven chapters that follows these seven different relationships and so I took like actually each chapter could be its like own mini book mm -hmm. and so I took each of the chapters and I and I put on on Facebook and I asked my friends would anybody would anyone be willing to read a chapter of my book and I had a lot of responses, like way more than I even thought. Nice. And so I sent out to my chapters, like probably two or three to two or three people for each chapter. About how long were the chapters too? Just to give um, you an idea. Well, like the first chapter is like 50 pages and that's definitely the longest chapter. Okay. And some mm -hmm. of the other ones are like 20 pages. <clears throat> uh -huh. So I sent out the chapters, you know, two or three people got a chapter each and then um, the kind of the criteria was that they'd read the chapter and then we'd have a like a 30 minute to an hour meeting on the phone and I would ask them questions about the chapter and then a lot of people sent me the chapter edited nice. and so it was a really amazing way to just you know I I actually sent it out to people before I even read any of it so wow. it was really, really rough, and it was such a great way to kind of put it in a hive mind and kind of get a, a larger group helping me with piecing it all together. Mm -hmm. And then everyone, like, I was just shocked that everyone except one person was so, so positive and just, nice. you know, they, they, like, were raving about it, which I couldn't understand because, you know, I hadn't even read it myself. Yeah, And then by the time I got all those chapters back, then I was able to just go through it and like clean up the holes that people had pointed out and read the whole thing. And I read the whole thing maybe just like two or three times and then sent it out to, um, you know, a couple of editors. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And that's a great way to get people on board with the book, too. So when you put it out, they feel like they're a part of it. You know, and that's that's great. Definitely. I mean, I did a pre-sell and a lot of people that read my chapters were people who bought my book before it was even published, you know, nice. and, and then they're like, those are the people that are promoting me on social media. And those are the people that like feel like they're a part of the journey, which is really just, it's, I'm just so grateful for them, you know? Yeah. And a lot, some of them I don't even know. I've never met. 
Yeah. 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 That's, is that was that Luis in the background there like a couple minutes ago? Uh, no, I okay. I don't <laughs> I, I don't see you heard someone I didn't. Oh, I don't know. Um, I heard like a something. Um, yeah. So no, I love that. That's that's something that we've talked about too before on the show. Is this idea of how do you how do you get other people involved? I mean, I I love how what we've all learned about uh, crowdfunding and crowdsourcing has like kind of infor- it's just it's been more of a a lesson than just how to raise money or how to get something from a crowd it's been a lesson in in shared ownership of something and that's really great yep yeah. i definitely learned a lot and felt an immense amount of love and um through my crowdfunding campaign that i did as a pre-sell mm-hmm. i mean i didn't reach my goal i but i definitely I was amazed at who came forward to support the process. Nice. Nice. Okay, another question for you. What is your biggest fear as a writer? Um, that it <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, I guess, that huh. people are going to read it and it's that nothing actually makes any sense to them so Uh um yeah that's an interesting fear because i kind of am it's all this stuff that i'm pulling out of places that i don't even know are really there and i'm piecing piecing them all together and there's a good chance that maybe people aren't going to understand it and feel really disconnected from it Mm -hmm. so i would say that's probably it yeah, I could totally relate to that. It's because in the writing process, it's like being in the in the forest, and you can't really see everything, you know, from other people's perspectives. So it's like, hey, I hope this is all coming out in a sensical way. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't always know if it makes sense to me. You know, this trying to read like it's really hard to read my whole book over and over again and try to see the entire picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big, it's a big thing to grasp all at once and hold all of it in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, one of my favorite things to do is, is after I write, um, I'll, I'll give it to Paula and I'll say, Hey, can you read this? And then what I'll do is I'll actually kind of just sit behind her as she reads it. And you know, Paolo, she's making a lot of noises. So this, I get, <laughs> I, I can see. I'm, I was like, oh, what, what was that gasp for? What was that laugh about? You know, and and she'll point to the to the sentence she was reading. And I actually, there's an experience I have where I get to kind of read it through her eyes. And I, even if I just read it several times on my own, reading it with her there make has a is a completely different experience for me. And. I every time I even if somebody if I get an email from someone that says hey I just read this article you wrote and it moved me in this way and I saw this and it I'll go back and read it and I get to experience it in a whole different way which is mm-hmm. such a gift for me because again I I it's just something I wrote so I'm kind of always swimming in it and I don't really get to see it and when someone offers a perspective it's really cool and and I and again I so I'll have Paula do that and and she offers a really interesting perspective and to see what moves her is always like really surprising to me. I'm like, oh, you laughed at that, like, or you cried at that, and you love this, and this didn't. And it's almost it, it actually reminds me of something I'm doing lately. I've, I've gotten 
into a little like of a hobby of doing writing stand up comedy bits and stuff. So when I get back to San Diego, I'm going to do some stand up comedy. But, um, you know, I I went on stage the other day in Bali and I I did some stuff. And I think every stand up comic has this moment where they go like, I can't believe that that was funny and that wasn't funny. And so (laughs) getting to see how it's it's just so interesting to see what how when we create it. I mean, we just do the best we can, but we really have no idea what's going to what's going to hit and what won't. And that's just the way it is, you know. Yeah, I absolutely felt that when I sent out chapters and then I was actually doing a reading for a friend who was in the hospital and she wanted to know my book. So I, I was reading it to her and she was laughing at parts. That I was like, oh, I guess I guess that could be seen as funny or and she started <laughs> crying in certain parts. And uh-huh. I, yeah, I love that. I love that uh, when you can kind of get it out of your own head and see how it's received by the world. Did you read the whole book to her? No, I only read the first chapter, which is really long. You know, it's because cool. <laughs> so. that's that's you know, I think we actually talked about this uh, episode eight with this guy Tyler Wagner. He said one of the things that he does that he thinks is a fantastic editing tool is just read read it out loud, like literally out loud, and that is, uh, you know, I, so when I hear oh, you know, reading it to someone, and I can think of lots of people that I could read it to. You know, I could just whatever, and that's a great exercise in getting to see it differently and edit it and and move that process along too. Oh, definitely. You know, there's a there's text edit on a Mac computer and I'm sure there's plenty of other programs, but I put my doc my um Word documents, I transfer them over to text edit and I have and I put on, you know, put it on speech and then I'll have my computer read it to me. Oh. And then I'll be able to catch any words that are, you know, that I any grammar errors that I've made. So um, that's, that's interesting. It's a really helpful tool and it's kind of mechanical. I mean, you can choose different voices, but <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that that's been helpful for me too. Hmm. I like that. Are you going to do an audiobook version? I would love to. Um, that was part of what I was wanting to, you know, my crowdfunding was pretty high. I was looking to get, but part of the crowdfunding was so I could, you know, focus on the audio version. Um, didn't reach the goal, but I really wanted put it into an audio version, especially the exercises, because at the end of there's these all these love letters, and then there's a there's a lesson, and then there's an exercise. Mm-hmm. So those exercises would be really powerful as an audio version and kind of lead people through the journey. So it's something I have full intention of doing. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty simple process, right? I mean, I don't know. I've I've just imagined that for myself, but I imagine, you know, I you have a you guys have a microphone and you could just sit in a quiet room, you know, for an hour a day for a month and probably finish it, right? Or is that what 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 would what are you thinking in what the audiobook would be if you did it? What would it take? Well, I didn't know if I needed to do like a professional studio, um, but I might start with something like that. And I was also thinking about doing YouTube video versions of just the lesson portions. Yeah, um, I've done some of those that I haven't released yet. So yeah, well, for for what it's worth, my take on it, and someone who's a musician and been around professional audio, I think the quality of just the Yeti into the computer, which is what I'm recording on right now, um, is really solid and that would be enough for me, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the alternative being paying a couple hundred bucks an hour to be in a studio 
and the amount of time it would take to read an entire book, uh, you know, pretty significant. And I personally love audiobooks. I mean, I that is how I consume 90% of the media is through audio. And I'm lately especially ha- always having headphones in my ears, which makes me kind of introverted, but it's been nice. Um, I'm always listening to something. And and so I've just, I'm just like devouring uh, really useful podcasts or audiobooks. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I believe this is another thing that I think authors think of. They're like, well, you know what? I don't want to read it or my voice isn't good. Or, and I think that's such crap. I've never heard an audiobook read, read by an author that I didn't enjoy it because of the personal connection. But I have read or listened to a bunch of audiobooks where it's a narrator, especially if it's a life story or self personal growth kind of book and it's another person reading it and it's really a turn off. I almost never find that narrators um, can do a, a personal growth book justice because they're narrating fiction and they're good at that. But All right. I'll put that on my list of projects. So I will do it. <laughs> you've inspired <laughs> me yet again. One more project. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know how long it would take, honestly, but it, it you know, to me, I'm I'm a one take guy. I don't I I I never I, I do I've been I've done over 200 YouTube videos and I think I've I've only re-recorded one of them. I mean, literally just try to one take everything. Um, and so if you just one take the audio and you used the microphone you guys had and went straight in your computer and just broke it up, um, I think it'd actually be a really to me, you know, someone who who sits down in front of a blank piece of paper a lot, you know as a Mm -hmm. metaphor i mean who just has to create from nothing a lot because that's part of the stuff that i do to actually have something that is not i don't have to engage my entire right brain uh is kind of nice you know it's like okay i read the book that i already wrote and i'll just talk for an hour and then take a break eat a sandwich and come back and talk for an hour and you know i like i actually like that the prospect of that because it's measurable i know i can like get it done (laughs) Yeah, I, I have a an online launch school and I just recorded like an hour and 20 minutes of material and it probably took me three or four hours to record it because I was, you know, it's all these different segments and then I had to export it and all of that and then break it up. But maybe I'm a little bit too much of a perfectionist. So. Yeah, just try but it. That, yeah, that's uh, it's really... That's okay. I'll do it. <laughs> you know what to do too is do like a couple pages or first chapter or a small chapter or something, record that and then send it to me and I'll and I'll tell you what I think because I'd be okay. I'd be happy to listen to it and, oh, and if thank you. and I'm sure I'll dig it because, you know it's just I, I enjoy hearing the authors read their own stuff. I think it's great. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, cool. So, I have another a few other questions for you. Um, what, why write? So why writing? out of all the art forms there is, why do you feel like, what is it about writing for you that that is maybe why you choose it or, or why do you enjoy it? And I can't say that I chose writing. I feel like it just, it's what I've been good at. You know, it's what I'm gifted at as an art form. And, um, you know, it, it started from a young age and it's what I've put the most practice in and mm-hmm. what I've been the most inspired by. And I can't say that, um, there's a particular reason other than maybe because I'm a little introverted 
And it's sometimes easier for me to have a conversation and work things out with the paper and mm-hmm. um, to really ha- like work through and talk through all the things internally with myself through the writing and then bring it out into the world. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like what you said about, about the, the conversation with the paper in a way that uh, it, it does, for me, feel like a conversation as well and something that I can, um, it's kind of speaking back to me too. So I'm like, it, it's really like having a, a good coach or something or like a, you're saying something and then they say, they just say it back to you and you're like, oh, is that what I meant? <laughs> is that how I sound? <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm just saying what you told me. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll edit that a little bit. And they say it back again. And it's really cool, like a conversation like that. Yeah, I feel like the most important thing for me is just to kind of let everything, all the filters go and and not worry about having to write well. You know, I'm sure everybody's heard that a lot. But just let all the filters go and just see what wants to be said. Because mm-hmm. I'm surprised all the time by what comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty good, you know. I like it, so it doesn't really matter if other people like it as much. Totally. I think it's way more fun when you're surprised because otherwise it's like, uh, what's the what's the what's the fun in that if it's always just like, yep, yeah, I knew I was gonna write this, you know. <laughs> um, what are some other books or authors that you're enjoying lately? Maybe some of the things you recommend, or books that you maybe have recommended recently? Um, well, I really liked um, for writing, to help the writing process, I really liked writing down the bones. Mm-hmm. And that that was something that I got my hands on early on that was an inspiring book for me. And then as far as um, one of my favorite kind of off kilter books that I like is Still Life with Woodpecker um, by Tom Robbins and part of the reason that I love him as an author is just because he is so good with description Mm -hmm. and kind of can take these metaphors and just run with them for a whole paragraph and kind of ignore grammar rules in a way that Mm. you just wouldn't see so I I love that about his work. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really like is, as an author or even as a reader, the most important thing for me is to feel like I'm included. I love when the author can kind of create a living room for you and invite you in and you feel like you're sitting there and you're sipping the tea with them and you're, you're having this conversation and this intimate experience. Like you are a part of the experience itself and that is something that I really strive well I guess yeah I feel like it's something that I want to have and create for my readers and also what I want to read about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah say more about ignoring grammar rules well, what is it about that that's fun um, I just I really like when there's this when you're not so concerned with it being perfect and more concerned with pacing and how 
how is it reading? How is the pulse? How is the flow? So like reading the words themselves is almost like listening to music. Mm. There's a certain kind of eloquence and pulse and rhythm as you're reading the words. Mm -hmm. And that to me is so much more important than where the comma is and where the period is and there's just this this flow and pulse and and song. Yeah. Yeah, it's it in a way sometimes we have to unlearn the stuff that we learned in school because that's not what our teachers were telling us. They weren't saying like, you know, move your hips, create a pulse and write, you know, although that would be really fun. <laughs> that maybe some maybe some like quirky uh, English classes and some cool liberal arts colleges, but I went to the Naval Academy that we didn't teach that there, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's getting it gets getting more and more progressive, so you never know. Um, yeah. Okay, tell me a little about your favorite places to write. I know mean, you've been traveling a lot lately, so have you found any like really sweet spots, or what? What do you typically write besides in bed with Luis making your breakfast? <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, capturing the moment in the morning. And so I do spend a lot of time writing from my room um, and then trying to find places that are, like I said, active and creative environments. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm just really on this quest lately to be around people who uplift and inspire me and that are, um, who are doing big things in their lives. And I, I just want to be around those people more and more just really grateful to connect with you because of that too oh well yeah i love you guys yeah Yeah. and um so i think the best place i've found so far is um coffee shops and things that places where there's a lot of activity Mm -hmm. yeah that there is something interesting about working here at this co-working space where it's it's a lot harder to be distracted and go off and, you know, be, I, I just feel like, and it's not like a guilt. I mean, it partially if I'm just browsing Facebook for an hour and, and I see everybody else, but I see these people here that are just killing it. Like they're in the zone, especially programmers. There's something mm-hmm. about watching a programmer, uh, like a coder go at their work that I'm there. Like the, the purpose the side of me that loves the purpose just gets so envious of them sometimes because it just seems like they're 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 killing it. They've got their setup, they got their headphones on, and they're just like coding, 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 coding. And meanwhile, I'm like staring at a sentence, you know, for like like ten minutes trying to get it right. And it just seems like they're constantly moving forward. And and there's something about that momentum that kind of looks like a river, just kind of pushes the whole place here. Just seeing that just lights me up. You know, people that are latching on to something they're passionate about and they're going for it and you know there's nothing really in the way that's stopping them they're not getting in their own way they're just flowing with it and it's so inspiring to me and I felt that every time I stepped in the door of Habud you know yeah it's where you're at it's uh, yeah so I'm I'm in just got to California and I don't know where my writing spot is now, but I'm, I have a beautiful desk by a sunlit window and it's working out pretty well for me. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this is the last question. It's my favorite question and I keep adapting it every episode, but, um, so if you could go back in time and write yourself a note 
and that note would contain the years of experience and the wisdom that you've gained um, in the writing process. Um, what period of what period in your life would you send the note back to, and what would the note say? Um. Well, when I was twenty five, I turned just like actually like the day I turned twenty five. I started crying and I just, I didn't stop for two months. I literally cried all day Hmm. until I fell asleep. And when, what was happening for me during that time is I was actually trying to write this book, but it, it was obviously going to be a different book, but it was part of these travel experiences that I had had when I was younger and these wild love affairs that I had had and I wanted to write about it and there was something so amazingly painful about trying to go through that process and I felt like I didn't have the support and it was just like kind of like cutting open my stomach and taking out all my guts and examining them and um, I think that I would have what I would love to do is I'll write a note to myself at that time and just let myself know that it's it's okay you know that that you that the words will come and that I don't have to figure it all out and I don't have to do it perfectly and I don't have to go through all the pain that I went through at that time um, although I feel like that pain that I went through was a necess- a necessary catharsis to to really propel me to write the book eventually. So, mm-hmm. Well, I want to say uh, it's been really wonderful having you on the show. And um, I, uh, I'm going to link everybody to things we talked about um, to your other podcast and, and where they can order um, your latest book. And um, that'll be at darkonthepage.com slash 016. Um, this is the 16th episode and, um, yeah, thanks so much for, for sharing, um, so beautifully about your life. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this podcast. It's truly so amazing to have the inspiration. I mean, it's, I feel like inspiration should never be wasted. It's such, so precious and, um, wherever we can find it is really valuable and you're, you're providing a tremendous value. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I've always found and believed that inspiration always works both ways. It's just like a two-way street, and so the more, the more it's going out, the more it's coming in, and so it's mm. it's a, it's such a pleasure for me. Mm, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs>